Hey guys, welcome to Let's Fucking Talk. I'm Lauren, and I'm back. Ooh, wow. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Oh my god. Literally, like, I can't make this shit up. The second I start recording, Sage has to be involved. Come here. You miss everyone too? Yeah. Okay, okay, but come in. Thank you. Um, wow, hi, hello. <clears throat> so many things to tell you. So, it's been, I think it'll be like five weeks when this come out, since my last episode, and it was a much-needed break um, to kind of recalibrate and figure out what I want this to look like. Um, I've been doing this podcast for over a year I had 64 episodes before I took this long of a break, and I've only ever missed an episode, I think, twice before that. Sage, now she wants to leave the closet. Like, what? I'm trying to, I'm trying to do something right now. Okay, just lay down. So, when I first started feeling like I needed a break... I was having like an existential crisis because I'm way too hard on myself and I pride myself on being very consistent and dependable. So to randomly stop the podcast for a few weeks truly made me feel so guilty, as silly as that might sound. But I thank goodness for good friends and... Uh, not only good friends, but people who listen to this podcast who reached out and who were like, take a break, like take care of yourself. Because the last thing I want is to record episodes when I don't want to be recording and sound like a talking potato. So that's what I did. Um, it has been, wow, so many things have happened in the last five weeks. So first off, a couple weeks ago, well, more than a couple weeks ago, um, basically, my last episode, I talked about how I was going to come off birth control and I would keep you guys updated with that process. It's now been almost two months. And one positive thing was that I got my first period and it was very like regular and light and very manageable. And I was very scared that it was going to be like, I don't know, some horrible event. When I was on birth control, I wasn't getting a period. So um, I did not know what to expect and I've been on birth control literally since I was 13 which is absolutely horrible to think about now um with all the research I've done lately but when so the one um well there's been two main things that I've experienced that are definitely negative since stopping birth control one of them has been extreme fatigue the first month of stopping birth control, tr truly, I have never been so exhausted. Like, I'd wake up at 7.30 or 8, 
have a coffee and I would feel like I absolutely had to take a nap by 11 a.m. or like I wasn't going to make it. Like my eyes would be shutting. So that made me fall off from working out. Um, it was just very hard to like literally do life because I was so exhausted. That started to level out over the last few weeks. Um, I experienced some of that this past week, but now I'm starting to see that maybe that extreme fatigue is coinciding with more of like my ovulating and the beginning of my period, which makes a little more sense, but I'm still hoping to get my hormones more under control because what I've learned is that extreme PMS symptoms are in fact not normal, but we're not taught that women's reproductive health is not talked about or researched enough. Um, so yeah, but so the extreme fatigue was one thing that was very challenging. And then around my first period, probably like a week or two before, um, I was dealing with severe depression and, um, I only talk about this to, as always, make people feel understood. Um, I was feeling very suicidal and having horrible anxiety and panic attacks. And what I would be having anxiety about is that I might accidentally kill myself when I don't even want to. So... That was a fun week or two. Um, the thing that I'm so thankful for is that because I've spent so much time working on my mental health, I have some tools to help me through those times. Um, it's by no means easy um, at all, but the one thing that I'm able to do during those times is realize that that voice is absolutely not my true self or my higher self. So I kind of look at it as almost like an intrusive voice. And even though I have to feel those feelings and ride that wave, it's there's kind of no option. Um, I'm able to separate myself from it enough to not like fully spiral and identify with that feeling, which I think has been so important for me in my journey. Um... Now, when I was younger, before I was on birth control, I was diagnosed with PMDD, which is essentially a really severe form of PMS. And there was a time where I was prescribed um, very small dosages of Prozac to take around my period. So really, I'm only telling you this because I'm going, it's something I'm going to keep an eye on. And if that's something that I continue to experience while taking birth control, I will, you know, uh, go to a doctor or figure out what I need to do because feeling that extremely suicidal once a month is not going to work for me. But again, I'm trying to get my hormones under control. And what I've learned is that those types of symptoms are absolutely not normal and they're a sign of an, of a hormonal issue. Um, we're just kind of, women's health is just kind of thrown aside, and it's kind of just like, yeah, you get a period, so you're going to have all these symptoms, like, that's what it is, 
And I started working with a doctor who does acupuncture and Chinese herbal medicine. She is a doctor. And I'll tell her, you know, side effects and be like, but that's normal because I'm, I'm near my period. And she's like, that is not normal. You should not be having all of these symptoms along with your period. So things like acne, severe bloating, I just thought that's kind of like how it goes. And that's really just a sign of some kind of hormonal issue. So that's good to know. And basically I'm working with this doctor and I'm doing acupuncture now once a week and taking the Chinese herbs that she has prescribed me. Um, I was uh, referred to her by my trainer and I am like forever thankful because I just feel that this would have been a very different journey without additional help and education. So the one thing that I'm really happy about is that I've had some breakouts, but not anything horrible. I've had acne my whole life and I finally was getting it under control right before I stopped birth control. And I was like, yeah, this is probably gonna take all my progress backwards, but it hasn't too much. Um, so yeah, we're getting by and something that's been really cool. I use an app called natural cycles and every morning they send you a basal body temperature thermometer and every morning when I wake up before I get out of bed I have to take my temperature and it's so cool to learn your body and see that your body really does know how to regulate and take care of itself. I think we've all become so dependent on medications, birth, all these shits that we're we are literally told as women that we need all of these things to function properly. And it is quite the opposite. Our bodies have a natural function that is absolutely magical. And something that continues to piss me off as I learn more about my body and birth control is that we're fed so much shit about birth control. And the reality is that once again, there's so little research or importance put on women's reproductive health. So everyone is talking shit, including doctors. Not maliciously, but that's just what it is. There's not enough information. And something that I was told that literally kept me on birth control years longer than I wanted to was that birth control could prevent certain types of cancer. Birth control could prevent cysts and... I think to some degree those things are true because it hijacks your entire hormonal system, but your body does that naturally. And if it's not doing that naturally, there's an issue that needs to be addressed. Birth control masks issues. So a lot of times people get off birth control and have horrible experiences, but it's because they're now seeing these issues in their body, which can all be fixed in more natural and safe ways aside from birth control um birth control the entire chemical process of it what it does is essentially convince your body that you're pregnant so imagine that my body's been pregnant since i was 13 do you think that that sounds healthy or normal or safe at all i don't think so i've been pregnant for 15 years i mean what am i birthing so that's my journey with birth control and uh now 
I'm doing acupuncture, right, along with this, so it's kind of been hard to tell what is causing what, if that makes sense. So aside from that week of feeling like horribly depressed and suicidal, I have been much more emotionally regulated. And I used to be just a very, I mean, I'm still an emotional person, but I used to be really emotional. Like, and I don't think I realized how much I was having mood swings and I feel a lot more leveled now. Now, my acu- my doctor who does my acupuncture has been focusing on stress reduction. So I don't know if it's that. I don't know if it's the birth control. But I would probably say it's a combination of both. Because like I told you guys a couple episodes ago, when I was doing research about coming off of birth control, there is a huge link to birth control causing mental health issues. So that's fucking wild if a lot of the struggles I've experienced over the last few years were only because of my birth control and not because of anything else. So overall, I'm enjoying it. And what else? I know there's, okay. Oh my God. Yeah. Since we last talked, I got a new cat. (laughs) She's so cute. Her name is Jade. Um, Sage is not fully into it yet. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, I've posted them like slap boxing each other a couple times, but I'm really hoping Sage gets with it because I literally got her for Sage because Sage has separation anxiety and I thought she would like a friend. Um, most of the time they're kind of like indifferent, but when they start fighting, sometimes some people say it's playing. I think sometimes we go a little bit beyond playing. Like Sage literally pins her down and bites her. So I'm like, hmm. But either way, little Jade is a cute baby angel. She looks like a little black bat and I'm in love with her. Um, I will stop at two cats so that I don't fully develop into the cat lady that I am. So, you know, just trying to have some boundaries. And, oh, this is, yes, okay. So since we last talked, I have fully launched my coaching business and part of my kind of like breakdown and needing time from the podcast was really like overworking myself and not managing my time the best. So I'm a firm believer that everyone has enough time and I know that everyone's gonna be like, no, I'm so busy. Do not talk to me about busy. I'll get into that in a second. What people struggle with is time management. We all have the time, okay? We have plenty of time, but we don't know how to manage it. We spend accidentally hours on social media. I dare you to go look at your screen time. You're going to be shooketh when you see two, three, four, five, six, seven hours a day on your phone. You could have been doing so much shit during that time. So it's not time, it's time management. And I have always been great at time management and that's why I can do all the things I do and not be stretched thin. Like I do a lot of things, but none of them get a lesser version of me. I am fully involved with everything that I decide to commit to because I I create the time because it exists. 
So when I started my coaching business, I just was kind of really overwhelmed. I was also dealing with my physical issues of being extremely exhausted. So I just fucking needed a second to like recalibrate. So my life and relationship coaching is live now. My um, website is linked on my Instagram bio. So I would love for you guys to check it out. My first consultation with everybody is free. And that's truly a time where we get to talk and figure out if this is right for you. I'm not in the business of convincing anyone to do anything. And I'm not in the business of working with anyone that I don't feel I could actually help. So that's kind of how that works for anyone who is curious. Now, I don't know if I've fully talked about all the things that I do. But full-time, so your typical Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, I'm a recruiter. And the thing that has been most helpful about this job and being able to manage my other passions is that my recruiting 9 to 5 job is very flexible. I have the best manager in the world, and he's one of those people that if I get my work done, he doesn't care how I do it, when I do it, what time I did it. He just wants to be able to see that I've hired the people I need to hire. So that has been a huge blessing. Aside from that, I am a realtor, and this past year has been my best year in real estate. I moved to Orlando two years ago and have been working really hard to build a network. Anyone who is in sales, real estate, anything like that knows how important having a network of people is. So all of that is finally coming to fruition after a couple of years. So doing real estate and then now I've added the life coaching business. The ultimate vision is to transition out of corporate America and do my life coaching and my real estate full time. Um, that's more of like a five year plan. So right now I'm still doing the recruiting, but I truly have never felt like I don't have enough time because I manage my time. So um, I also still maintain a social life. I go to the gym. So there, there, oh, I also watch all my shows. So time is not an issue. Um, now that being said, my recruiting job, we, the company I work for is, went up for sale like six months ago. And there was kind of nothing happening with it, so no one really paid attention. We didn't really care. Um, and then we had three companies bidding to buy us, and there started to be a lot of talk. Um, a couple of really significant people quit, and all my little red flags went up because I am a single-income household, and I am I just have certain financial goals this year and literally come hell or high water I will be achieving them I'll tell you about them when they happen I don't want to don't want to send out any any energy that can be messed with um so I'm like yikes I'm I'm sitting on a sinking ship when it comes to my recruiting job and it sucks because I have literally never loved a manager so much and Anyone who has a job knows that whoever you work for is more important than the work that you do. Like, 
period. You could love the concept of the work you're doing, and if you have a bad manager, it is intolerable. So I was figuring out if I should start looking, and I had a really candid conversation with my manager, and I told him about my financial goals, and I was like, I cannot suddenly be without a job. And he was like, I would start looking. When your manager tells you you should start looking, you should start looking. So I put out my resume and I literally this week got a job offer and I am extremely excited. And the whole point of me telling you this story other than a fun life update is this is more for women, but it is for everybody. Do not be afraid to ask for money. Something that I have done my entire adult life is when I switch from one job to the other, I make sure I give myself a raise. You would be amazed what happens when you tell someone what your pay rate expectation is, especially if they are looking for someone with your skill set. I think people go into jobs feeling desperate and feeling like the company has done them a beautiful favor by hiring them which is half true but the other half of that is to not forget that that company has a need that you're fulfilling they are in a similar situation of desperation you need a job and they need an employee and I think people don't see that other half of it so that's why people get very nervous during interviews they I've I've always like coached my friends through interviews and when I tell them to remember that they are also interviewing the company I literally can see their whole perspective change and I think that attitude is so important especially for women and a lot of times if a job offer is upfront about their pay rate we think okay and even if it is like a raise for us we're like okay cool I got a little bit of a raise that's that's what they're paying I would encourage you to push beyond that a little bit and ask, is there flexibility? Um, I was hoping to make this amount of money. And as someone who's done it over and over, I've never been turned down once. And that's because the number they give you is always less than what they actually could pay you. Businesses are operating with money in mind. It's not bad on them. It is what it is, but you have to look out for yourself and you don't have to put yourself in this position of being at the mercy of your job. You are allowed to decide how much money you want to make and how much you think you're worth. And if you don't really know that number, you can do research online about average pay rates for certain jobs and We just have to get comfortable, especially women, about talking about money and about pushing for what we want. And I did that with this new job, and I am absolutely thrilled and also blessed that this came into my life at the time that it did. And it's just, I'm in a very, um, very positive and transformative time and I'm just fucking excited and I truly that 
so much of that feeling is being propelled into my coaching business because I so badly want to help other people get to a place where they feel similar. And it could be for a hundred different reasons. You don't have to do exactly what I'm doing. But just that feeling of like, wow, the things that I used to want, they're happening. And the ways that I used to struggle, I'm not anymore. So that's my updates. I think that's it. I think that's like the good important stuff over the last five weeks. Right? Yeah. Okay, so anyways, today's episode is in fact not just me talking, but an interview with my best friend Ashley and her husband Nick. Um, I love this couple. I love these humans. Um, Literally one minute into the episode, I start crying because, not the episode, I mean the interview. I start to cry (laughs) because of how much I love this relationship. Um, And I think, you know, I, I... me and my best friend Ashley always laugh because I've cried about their relationship more than once. And I'm always like, why am I so emotional about them? And I think it's a couple things. Myself and Ashley are incredibly similar. Like, we have similar... Everything. Everything is similar. (laughs) And I just see myself in her. And we had... We had very different childhoods, but somehow also very similar in kind of the um, issues that we faced and the and the way that it kind of made us in romantic relationships. And I have seen her transition from really unhealthy relationships into this marriage and It makes me so fucking proud of her and at the same time gives me hope of she's truly created the life that she wants and deserves, um, especially from a romantic perspective. And I don't know, that shit makes me emotional, especially because I have seen so few positive relationships from the time I was growing up to now. So when I see a truly good relationship, it is just my favorite thing. And it reminds me that it is possible with the right tools. So I have been dying to interview them so that you guys could hear some of that and hopefully get that same hope. And I thought it was important to talk to them and, you know, hear my opinion of them from me because... If you went right now and looked at Ashley's Instagram, it's kind of that typical thing of like, yeah, this couple looks really happy. It's probably not like that in real life. And I think that's true a lot of the time. So it was really important for me to bring them to you guys and truly tell you from the bottom of my heart, I know the ins and outs of this relationship. I probably know more than I should because me and Ashley are best friends and we are the same and we are very um open with each other about everything (laughs) so trust me there's not some secret hidden thing that's going on in this relationship that I do not know about uh now that being said they're not perfect uh they've argued they've gone through really tough times and I think that's what makes this even better is that 
They are perfectly imperfect. I don't want to advertise this as like, this is the perfect couple. These are two imperfect people who have so much dedication to their relationship that it has become one of those relationships that most people aspire to have. And yes, they argue. And yes, they don't always talk perfect. And yes, they don't always do the perfect thing. But you guys will hear them. It is just, ugh. I'm so glad I know them because it's it's literally helped me in my journey of ending a relationship to see them and remember, that's right, I do deserve something better because we get so caught up in like, maybe this is the best I can do and maybe I'm being too picky and maybe... You know, maybe I just have to focus on the positives of, you know, my person in my relationship. And it's okay that my needs aren't met. And it's okay that we don't really communicate too much. Like, we convince ourselves of the dumbest shit. And we really rob ourselves of our full potential of life so often. And I'm so glad to know them and to know Nick as a man and remember that these things that I want in my head and in my heart are a hundred percent possible and they exist and they are in fact not too much to ask for when you're asking the right person. So you will hear that interview now. I hope you guys love it. I hope it helps if you're a little bit jaded by relationships like I am. And oh my god! I forgot the biggest update. (laughs) I'm funny. Okay, wait, wait. Before the interview starts, I was, um, during this time off, I was thinking, you know, how do I continue this podcast? I was just feeling kind of drained by talking by myself. And I kind of felt like there's only so much I could talk about before I start repeating myself, which plenty of people do on podcasts. But as a huge podcast fan, I cannot stand when that happens. Um, so, I officially have a new co-host. Oh, man, I want a drum roll sound. Uh, Was that a drum roll? I tried to make a drum roll. Um, my new co-host is Emery, your favorite guest, my soulmate in this life. Um, her, I'm sorry, Emery and I have always wanted to do something together we've always known that um and we didn't know what that meant or what that looked like but me and Emery literally talk I'm not being dramatic hours every day and we talk about like deep shit somehow like I don't even know how we're still talking to each other after so long and I was like wow if we just literally recorded this we would have a podcast that would never end it, we could do this forever. So, that's my big announcement. Uh, so, this will be the last episode of me by myself. Um, obviously, aside from Ashley and Nick and the interview. But, yeah. Uh, anyways, I hope you guys enjoy the interview. And I cannot wait of, for the future of this podcast. Love you guys. Bye. And today we have not one, but two special guests, my best friend Ashley and her wonderful husband, Nicholas. Hi, friends. Hi. Hello. How are you guys? We are 
awesome and we are so excited to be on your podcast <laughs> yes you guys are sitting in a room with no ac in seattle <laughs> yeah people didn't think that it's, uh, it was necessary to have air conditioning here <laughs> so Time. funny so i had you guys on because you're my favorite couple and you're one of the few couples that I believe in 100%. I support all of my friends no matter what their relationship is, just like my friends have supported all of my stupid-ass relationships. But your relationship is one that, like, literally, like, it's happening right now. If I talk about it, I'll cry. <laughs> so I just... <laughs> Imagine me doing my maid of honor speech at their wedding crying like this. <laughs> so. Trembling. Trembling. Li literally. I was like, damn. So. <laughs> so because I talk so harshly about um, specifically men and um, their dynamics in relationships, I had to bring on the one couple who doesn't follow all those things that I believe to be true about men and relationships. So I really want to first talk about just like how you guys maintain a healthy relationship. And just from my perspective, something I've seen, probably the two most important things that I think you guys do is communicate through everything. And you guys are really good about being thoughtful of each other and like doing cute surprises. And obviously you guys have been together for a few years now and that doesn't seem to have like stopped or run out, which I think happens frequently. So how do you guys prioritize that? Is it something that you talk about often? Does it feel like natural or how has that happened? So I feel like from like the first thing that you mentioned, um, you know, I think, like, the communication thing is obviously huge. I think it's so cliche to say, like, communication is everything in a relationship, but it's, like, one of the truest things ever. And I think just, like, growing through a relationship and, like, understanding each other, we've learned what each other's love languages are and what we want from each other. But I think, like, one of the best pieces of advice or anything I could give anyone in any relationship, whether it's a friendship or an intimate relationship is when you're upset about something or something bothers you open it up and talk about it whether it's in that moment or soon because I think a lot of people are like scared to talk about their feelings or things that genuinely bother them solely based on the fear of what the reaction of the other person will be but I think also he has always made me feel comfortable about talking about things that bother me like Anytime I've ever come to Nick about something that's bothering me or upsetting me or hurting me or making me angry, he never makes me feel like regret for coming to him for that. He always gives like understanding and then action forward to fix or change or grow or make whatever the problem is better. Um, and then I think just like as far as like doing things for each other, I don't know. It's just like a part of us. Like it's I mean, just. Yeah. I mean, I like you a lot, so it's, it's pretty easy. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest part is just first off respect for one another, and like just not even in a relationship, but just as people, just you know, treat them with respect, and things are going to go well for you. But yeah, communication is super important. Um, we try and 
talk about the things that are upsetting us um, without holding back. And like she said, without, you know, fear of how the other person is going to react. And um, sometimes you don't have to talk about it right away. People say, don't ever go to bed angry or whatever, but sometimes you're going to go to bed and you, you didn't get things off your chest and you can re-engage in the morning when you both slept on it and you have a level head. Um, so, but yeah, I don't know. Just communicate and obviously you say, oh, it doesn't seem like things have changed, but like obviously things change, right? We've been together for 40 years, so it's not the same uh, as it was four years ago. There's things that are different about our relationship. Yeah. Not necessarily bad things, but we're different people. We're still growing, uh, still trying to figure out who we are as people as well. So communication in that aspect of our life is super huge. And um, Ashley's definitely not afraid to let me know when I'm acting like a knucklehead. Uh, <laughs> like she said, action is the biggest thing. Um, the best apology is uh, change behavior for sure. So Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh you know if i do something i'm not perfect right so i still fall and i stumble sometimes and um she doesn't ever really get angry she just kind of lets me know hey you did this and i didn't it didn't make me feel very good uh can we please you know can you please work on changing those actions and i try and do my best at, at doing that so yeah that's okay nick just said something so important so nick how do you deal with I think obviously all humans have ego and pride, but I think there's something about men that they have just a little bit more of that naturally. And something I've experienced personally is that in my sweetest, kindest delivery of something that upset me, I would encounter someone who would immediately get defensive as opposed to working on fixing the issue. So do you like feel that initial ping of defensiveness and then kind of overcome it? Or does that not really exist for you? Like, how do you handle? I mean, I if feel like do, it exists it. for everybody, right? Nobody likes to hear the bad things about themselves. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it might sting a little bit to hear that I'm not maybe performing at the level that I thought I was. Um, but at the end of the day, it's not really just about me. It's about the both of us and, um, a better me is going to be a better relationship for both of us. So, uh, if it, if it stings a little bit at first, then, you know, I just kind of, I eat it and keep moving on. And for anyone who doesn't know, Nick, I, this is so like, um, probably sexist to say this, but I have to make a note that, um, <laughs> Nick is like a, uh, how do I say this without being offensive? <laughs> Nick is Nick is a like athlete. He was in the military. Like he is a man's man. He's not like because I think sometimes when we yeah. hear men talk this way, they're very feminine or like they're just a different kind of guy that maybe some people are not attracted to or like can't relate to. But that's another reason I'm using you as an example because you are like a masculine person. You're not you just have this side of you that I've seen through Ashley, but you're not overall this like feminine guy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You're, you're spot on. <laughs> I didn't want to like, I don't want to use any offensive words, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah. something that I really want to talk about that I've seen you guys work through is, uh, relationships and dealing with social media so first of all Nick help me to understand what and I know you don't and we'll get to that in a second but 
I'm sure you can understand or you have friends like what is this phenomena of guys following literally 2,000 Instagram models? Like, not like one or two of their favorites. Literally hundreds. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't know that I can give you a, the answer that you're looking for. I mean, obviously every person is different. And, I mean, at the end of the day, guys are just like, we're just different, right? We're a different breed, so guys do a lot of things that women just like they just can't wrap their heads around uh-huh. um but i don't know i was never i don't think i ever was the type of person to follow like instagram models and stuff like that granted because like that would look so strange to my partner if like i'm following these half naked women on social media like all over my feed right um that's just like it feels it feels inappropriate and on the flip side like i would feel uncomfortable if she was following all these dudes that were posting half naked pictures of them in swimsuits and stuff on the beach. Like, um, it would make me question whether or not, like, am I what she is desiring? You know what I mean? Um, Well, so so that's the kind of the reason why I never, I don't think that I ever got into that. Um, like fell into that trap if you want to call it a trap, but, um, I actually deleted my Instagram altogether uh, a while ago. One, because I was just spending way too much time on social media and I don't know, I kept Facebook because connect all my family and stuff, right? We don't live back home, so I don't get to see all my family and stuff. So it's cool for them to follow our adventures and stuff. But I just didn't see a need anymore because like, regardless of who you follow, even if it's people that you follow from like high school, those people, some people think that they're Instagram models. Yeah. Oh, everyone does. Yeah. there, There were pictures popping up on my feed of like people that I knew personally posting slightly mildly inappropriate pictures and stuff and i don't know i was just kind of over instagram and whatever so um i'm gonna tell the story better than you did um what happened was (laughs) i'm so bad at telling stories (laughs) i because i remember what happened because ashley told me but basically ashley (laughs) yeah ashley was listening or watching a tiktok where a girl talks about the ways that men following these instagram accounts can affect their partners and i guess you overheard it or you guys were watching it together and you were like is that true like that's horrible and ashley was like yes and then Without anyone telling you to do shit, you went and deleted your Instagram. Right. Which, I mean, to some people, it might seem extreme. Like, oh, well, why don't you just not follow certain pages or whatever? But at the end of the day, I just was like, it was not even worth ever having an argument about ever. So it was just like making her upset. Like, it just wasn't worth it. So I just, I mean, it was just easier to go that route. And like, it hasn't affected my life in the slightest bit. I haven't thought about it at all until just now. So it's just, I don't know. It's just not important. Yeah. And I think that's the whole point. Like, it's so weird to me when, if a woman brings that topic to a man and the man argues it, I'm like, what are we, is it that important? Like, I could understand if maybe you'd been following these pages and didn't really think about it. And then it kind of took someone bringing it to your attention for you to really internalize it and understand like okay I see like why this could be problematic but when men argue back about it like what's the problem it's like it what's important to you this Instagram model or literally your partner's 
feelings of insecurity right. that this shit can cause. Yeah, exactly. The problem is exactly that, the, how you make your partner feel. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a harmless thing in general, but I really do believe that if men all day are looking at perfect bodies, perfect skin, perfect hair, that has to fuck with your vision of what you find to be attractive or what you expect of other people. Not in a, it's not, I don't even think anyone is wrong for doing it. I think it literally happens to your brain accidentally from looking at that shit all day. Yeah, it's like a subconscious thing that's happening that men aren't even realizing they're doing to themselves. Exactly. And then men are, I used to love playing this game. Oh my God, I almost said his name. With my ex and uh, scary. I'm like too comfortable talking to you guys. Um, So I used to play this game with my ex where I'd be like, do you think this person has lip filler? Do you think this person edited this photo? Do you think there's a filter? And they literally don't know how to spot it. They're like, no, that's what they look like. I'm like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Like the person has these shiny, sparkly eyes and they're like, that's not a filter. I'm like, do you think she's a fairy? Yeah, and then that becomes their perception of what reality of women are. And then it only naturally in turn can turn you off from your partner. Because what else is that going to do? Yeah, and like, again, with no malicious intent, but like, that's what And what's crazier is that I used to argue with an ex-partner about this. And honestly, it really wasn't an argument in the beginning of our relationship. I was literally... These aren't as popular anymore, but there used to be pages of, like, thigh gaps and butt butt girls. And I was reading them out loud to him, and I'm like, are you fucking joking, dude? Like, yeah, we're following, and he, I could tell it was so embarrassing to him, and it was just something he hadn't thought of. And truly, once I mentioned it and just explained, like, everything that I just said, and also reversed it and was like, imagine if I... It doesn't really exist as much as it does for men, but imagine if I had the ability to follow hundreds of accounts where I could look at men's bulges. Right. And he's right. like, yeah, that's literally sickening. And I'm like, yep. And after that, yeah. it honestly was not an issue. Like, he was very good about deleting everything, and that was years ago in the beginning of our relationship. But yeah, there were times where it, like, something, some kind of a similar issue would get brought up with social media or whatever and I said to him once like I don't even remember how it came up but I was like porn to me is different because it's once in a blue moon and you're watching it for like 20 minutes and your mind is somewhere else you're not even really taking in what you're seeing and then it's over social media is all day scrolling through people like we've never had access to like nudity and perfect in quote girls it's it's literally all day it's non-stop yeah and it's not only unhealthy in a relationship with your partner it's unhealthy in a relationship with yourself like i mean i know guys admit to it too fairly far and few between but like as women to not acknowledge the fact that we look down on ourselves and become less secure because of the things we're seeing on social media like would be a lie to not acknowledge that I mean for sure it's not healthy for yourself as a relationship with yourself as a person I mean that's so weird I was 
waiting for one of you to stop talking so I could literally say that exact thing. Yeah. Like, if you think it can fuck with dudes' brains, it can definitely fuck with girls' brains. Like, seeing yeah. the Kardashians post their pictures and stuff and... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's social literally... Media, like, there's good and bad things to social media. Yes. Um, whether or not the good outweighs the bad is, I guess, based on individuals, but... Yeah. So let's the height of information the the age that we're living in now and it's just it's kind of crazy okay so that leads me to my next point social media is a big deal and we can't ignore its like place in society it's like literally the center of the universe currently so that being said um i want to talk about posting your significant other on social media when when nick when you had an instagram and even still now on facebook you used to post about you and Ashley, and I know there is a truth behind, we've seen so many times, couples that post, like, every single day about how obsessed they are with each other, and then we find out that they broke up, and they secretly were, like, punching each other in the head every night, or whatever drama they had. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, it's not to say that because you're posting your partner that things are good, but, Nick, what do you, what is your stance on men who post or don't post their significant other on social media? Is there any argument for men who do not post their significant other on social media? Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think so. Unless maybe you're like super rich and famous. Uh, and like your significant other is not that. And you kind of don't want them to be exposed to the world that you live in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that might be the only excuse. I have a, a friend, not a friend, but an acquaintance that I went to high school with. She's married to an NBA basketball player, and she's not famous. And he makes a very conscious effort to, one, kind of shield her and their child from, like, scrutiny that the world can put on them. So, like, that's a completely different situation. But just, like, average shows, um, if you're not posting literally anything about your significant other, there's definitely an issue there. Um, I think my Instagram was almost exclusively pictures of Ashley and I. Because, like... (laughs) I don't know. I think I posted stuff about playing softball and having a wife. Yeah. But which I is think, like, that's, that's my life. You know what I mean? I think you post based off of, like, when I think of social media, you're sharing what you love. You're sharing what you enjoy because that's what you right. want people to see. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Literally, you're sharing your life. So how, it's confusing to me, how could you be with someone and spend most of your life with someone and somehow they're not on your social media yeah i think those are like major red flags i hate to say that like social media can dictate how a relationship's going or not but as scary as that sounds out loud it kind of is true i mean if you're in a relationship with somebody and someone can pull up your page and it would be confusing to find out that that person has a significant other because you wouldn't be able to tell that from their page I think that's a huge red flag I mean whether or not the answer to that is cheating or not there's I mean what other reason would you have to hide the person you're in love with from the world Nick is there any other reason besides cheating that you could think of from a male perspective (sighs) I, I mean I don't think so yeah, because, like, why else would you not want people to see that? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't think of anything else. I've dealt with that in my past relationship, and 
his excuse was he didn't really use social media, which part of that was true. My ex had lit to this day has three pictures on social media and they're from 2018. But, (laughs) and honestly, that is half true, but even thinking on it now, if your partner just says, you know what would be nice if you posted a picture of me, why not take 10 seconds to make a bitch happy? Right, like, if that's something you've already brought attention to in your relationship or your marriage or whatever, and the person hasn't acknowledged that and reflected on that being a desire of yours, it's something so minuscule and small that makes your partner feel secure why would you not want to do that for them especially like for somebody who's like active on social media like it would be one thing like I have seen like you know like like my cousin at first like when he got social media he had like literally two pictures on his whole profile and like never went on it and then when he went away to college became you know a college football player he became all about social media but like for people that are active and posting daily or weekly or whatever and then you're not posting that you're in a relationship at all and people wouldn't even be aware of that, that's, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> and I think, I mean, that really just kind of goes back to the communication and respect aspect of it. Like, right. if your partner addresses something to you that they would either like to see or is bothering them, uh, it just kind of, it, it kind of shows where the other person is at if they're unwilling to compromise on simple behaviors like that. Right. And it's something so simple. Like, of all the things women request of men, posting a picture might be the easiest. (laughs) Yeah, it's a a 10-second task. So confusing. Um, Okay, so we talked a little bit, obviously, about what you guys think has been important for your relationship. But not to put you on the spot, but I want to hear from each of you, like, one piece of advice for people. Because, again, you are literally the only 100% healthy couple I know. And that includes my family. That includes full-ass grown adults. That includes people our age. That includes people younger. So we just need, like, help from you guys. Um, okay, I'll go first. So... This is actually kind of ironic that you ask this because I, for some reason, over the last couple days, I've been seeing a lot of people post this in like a meme or a quote. Um, And again, things that sound cliche often are things that are so true. But Mm -hmm. I think saying date your spouse is so important. Um, You know, we don't have kids. And I see people who are married and years go by and kids are integrated into it. And then their relationship just gets thrown to the side so that kids can be the number one priority. But your kids can't ever be happy to the full extent if you two are happy to the full extent. So that being said, I mean, a lot of people always say like, you guys are always doing like cute little surprises or things for each other or whatever, but it's, so much more fun to constantly date each other like why would you want to be in a relationship where things start to fall short and become questionable of your marriage your relationship I think constantly wanting to do things for each other brings you happiness and then brings the other person happiness and then collectively just grows you together as a couple and always just being mindful of the other person and their feelings Like, I think, especially 
as women, we get caught up in this like princess mentality where we think that men should like worship us and constantly do things for us. But like men love that stuff too. Yes. Men love to be showered and loved and appreciated and have things done for them. And I think that's so important to like remember in a relationship. And that's whether you're in a, you know, you're male with male, woman with woman, you know, if you're in a heterosexual, homosexual relationship, it's, you should constantly date your spouse, constantly keep them, their emotions and their well-being in your thoughts. And it's just, I don't know, relationships are not easy. They really are work. Like every single day, it's work. It is. But when you put in that work, you ultimately have such a stronger, better bond and grow together. When you start to get lazy and let things fall to the side, you see how your relationship stops growing. And I think that's just like so important. Yes. Pursuing each other is so important. And I think it happens to everyone. But again, I'm going to pick on men like I always do. For men, I think it happens quicker from what I've seen where they're like, okay, good. We, I got her. Everything's good. And then women started dating a man who used to do all this stuff. So then women end up really disappointed and like almost like resentful because this person, when we first started dating, would do all these things. And that's what you, that's kind of right. how you see them. You're like, oh, this person is thoughtful. They do little surprises. And then yeah. a year, two, three, however many years it takes, it's like absolutely nothing all of a sudden and you're like hello yeah 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 um i definitely agree with that and yeah just like not to like don't get complacent i guess like my advice would be kind of along the same lines and um obviously our relationship isn't perfect 100 percent of the time every day like like i said i've gotten into lulls where you know, I maybe have been lazy for a little bit and I wasn't doing certain things and, you know, actually said, Hey, you know, um, these are the things I'm noticing now. I just want to bring it to your attention and I try and fix it, but just don't get complacent and try and listen to your partner and like actually listen when you guys are having conversations and not just pick, don't just pick one thing and try and respond to that. Like actually try and absorb the information that they're telling you because it will make your communication so much better wow nick just said the most Um, important thing ever about not focusing on one thing because men are the kings of that you write them a paragraph and they pick the one thing they want to fight about and they're like that's not true and i'm like i said 40 other things in that text (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah you've always been really good at like just actively listening and retaining what's being said you've always been good at that i try yes like i mean like yeah like i'll come to him and there will maybe like four things that are or three things that are bothering me and he'll acknowledge everything i like all three things and then with a comment of how he's going to be better at those things or change that not just like pick the one thing that irritated him (laughs) yes and like you know, obviously we're best friends, so, like, sometimes I hear about some things, and literally... What things are you talking about? I don't know, but everything I've ever heard, I'm always blown away by the way Nick responds. Like, every single time never fails, I'm like, how is he so good at this? I know. 
another thing that's super important um, that I think sometimes people forget is it's super important to take care of yourself. People say, you know, put your partner first, which is super true, and I agree with that to the fullest, but don't forget to take care of yourself. You know, make time for yourself. Go do the things that you enjoy. You don't have to be smothered with your partner 24-7 because I promise your partner doesn't want to be smothered by you 24-7. Yeah. So um, whether that be going out with your friends or just taking a day and just doing something that you enjoy, um, making making time for yourself because you won't be able to be your your best in a relationship if you're not at your best personally. Yeah. Yes, and you guys are so good at that too. And I think that anyone who maybe doesn't know you personally and like if anyone listens to this and goes to Ashley's profile, like it might, you guys travel together because Ashley's a travel nurse so it might seem like you guys are together 24-7 but like even in the one weekend I spent with you, Nick goes to do his golfing things. Me and Ashley went to do our own thing. And, like, the first thing I said to Ashley when I went on this trip is, like, please know that Nick can come with us to everything because literally I love Nick so he can come wherever we go. And she's like, no, I want to spend time with you, just my friend. And I'm like, okay. And, like, you can tell it does not phase Nick. And Ashley does, like, it's, like, this thing that doesn't even have to be really... It's not like an over-communicated subject. Like, Ashley didn't have to be like, hey, so you know, me and Lauren are going to go by ourselves tomorrow to the farmer's market. Yeah. Like, we'd wake up and she'd be like, bye, we're going. And he'd be like, okay, yeah, me too. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, bye. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's so true is to, like, still keep your independence. Like, just because you're married or in a relationship, you don't have to do absolutely everything together. Keeping independence is so important, too. Um, I think we definitely are both really good at that. It's, yeah, I, I think, I mean, we always are fine together 24 seven, but we also are happy and enjoy being apart from each other too. Yeah. And like, (laughs) yes. And you guys were a good example for me for something. So I, when I was in therapy a few years ago, I was in my last relationship and I used to tell my therapist, like, I want my partner to be, like, my best friend, and this person just does not feel like my best friend. And something my therapist said that, like, kind of confused me, honestly, and, like, threw me off was that your partner doesn't need to be everything, which I've heard that so many times since then, and, like, I can understand the concept, like, meaning your partner doesn't need to be what your girlfriends provide to you and or what your parents provide to you like your partner is your partner but like I really still believe that there has to be that best friend feeling and truly since watching you guys I'm like no that is important like that's something and I guess it's different for everyone and that's just something that I've decided from watching you guys is that that is something I would need in a relationship yeah I think when I think of when someone says your partner should be your best friend, this is how I think of that. So I see people in relationships or even marriages who like the wife will come to me or the boyfriend will come to me and they'll say, I want to talk to them about this, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't feel like I can talk about it. I don't think I can say it. And that concept to me is so foreign because I feel like if it's not something you can talk to your best friend about, if you can't do that with your partner, you do not have good honesty and communication with one another. And that is crucial in a positive, healthy, growing relationship. If 
I think the best friend thing is, yeah, you have to enjoy each other's company and you have to enjoy similar things and have stuff in common, but it's the honesty and the, like, when you think of your best friend, your best friend is someone you can literally come to for everything and anything, will not judge you, and there isn't a single thing they don't know about you. And that, I think, is so important in partnership. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that and you're scared to talk to your partner about something, I think that's a really big red flag. I mean, I don't think there's anything in the world that I would be uncomfortable coming to you about. Like, I feel that I can talk to you about literally anything. And I'm even if I'm not going to get a good reaction out of you, then whatever. But... I'm still not, like, scared to come to you about anything. Yeah, you've definitely said some things to me that I will keep to myself, but (laughs) there's other people in other relationships where I'm like, I don't think that other people talk to each other like this. I think think it's a good thing. Um, Yeah. But. Yeah, I'd rather have no filter and deal with, like, oh, God, that was, like, maybe too much or too harsh. Like, I'd rather deal with it in that way than in the other way of like, oh, you've been feeling away for months and literally you could not tell me that. Yeah, or even just wondering how someone feels about something. Like I've had girlfriends tell me like, I don't know if he feels this way about me. I don't know if he loves when I do this. I don't know. To question those things and not be able to talk about it or ask is so, it's just so crazy to me. No, I completely agree, and I've dealt with it, and it, like, it really creates, like, terrible internal feelings to not, yes, to know that, like, you can't openly talk to your partner about everything you'd like to talk to them about. Right. Well, this has been a magical little time. I've been wanting to do this forever, and this is my official return back to the podcast after, like, four or five weeks, so this was Yay. perfect. <laughs> To start on a positive note with the cutest couple there ever was. And thank you so much. And um, please stay together for 100 more years or else we will all lose hope. <laughs> oh, we love you so much. And we love all of your support that you've given to us of throughout course. this whole relationship and marriage. Of course. Thank you, Nicholas. We love you. Love you too. Thank you. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you are looking for more of me or are interested in my life coaching services, you can follow me on Instagram at Evolve with Lauren. And I would absolutely love and appreciate if you could please rate, review, and follow the podcast wherever you listen to it. And I will talk to you next week.